Hey, Zeke. Yo. Good thing this is recorded because you're never going to hear me say this again. I missed you. Well, it's not surprising. Did you miss me? Oh, that's what I was supposed to say. Shoot. Everyone, my name is John Edwards, and with me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. This is the first time we're getting together in about two weeks. I still haven't seen you in three and a half months, but I still needed a little bit of a break from you. We hope everybody enjoyed listening to some classic Dad's Drinking Bourbon episodes. I think the fun thing about that for me was just how different we sound from the beginning to now like things that we have in such a routine the opening the closing the flow was even just totally different in those early first year episodes did it kind of remind you of like watching eight mile if you had one shot why do you always go to that line anytime somebody says eight mile i don't know what I other line do you go to i like the whole progression at first you know he's stuttering and barely like spit a line on the mic or when he gets on stage, then by the end of it, he's just like, boom. I don't use movies that happened pre-2004 for every analogy I have for movies. So it's hard for me to keep up. I was younger. I was younger. I forget everything about 8 Mile. I don't remember it word for word like you do. I just remember the concept of how the movie went. The plot. I don't know. You're going to pull out in some chat. You're going to come up with like this crazy eight mile quote and be like see edwards why don't you remember this quote from eight mile from shit what year did eight mile come out eight mile came out in 2002 it's in the sweet spot for zeke baker it is pre-2004 i still think i got a better chance of somebody recognizing the analogy i referenced than when you drop out random trivia over these disney movies and stuff well it's not just disney movies it's kind of everything i did see a great movie last night i was supposed to record with you and i i said i was tired i needed to sleep and i fell asleep for like 30 to 45 minutes and then i woke up and watched on netflix the old guard i definitely recommend that if anybody has seen it i mean it's charlie's theron as a superhero comic book character that is immortal and they just go around kicking ass it's an awesome movie who is they you mentioned one person well charlie's theron has a team you probably don't know the other actors but there's a team of four immortals that go around and kick ass see that's much more concise and paints a better picture you can't just leave the ambiguous they well i want you to watch it and then you can come back and talk specifics with me i don't want to spoil it for you what if you didn't want to know there was four i just want you to want me i need you to need me and you know what else i need i need everybody to know that today's show is sponsored by cascartel.com changing the industry standard as to how you get your alcohol Obviously, it is online alcohol sales. The allocated stuff is going to be a little more expensive, but your regular drinkers, the stuff you want to get shipped directly to your door because you're like Zeke, you're lazy, you want to stay on the couch, go ahead and go to Cast Cartel and get it shipped right to your door. Also, follow them on Instagram. They're always doing awesome giveaways to their followers. That is Cast Cartel on Instagram and CastCartel.com. So now that we got that out of the way, I did go to our people 
And before we get into this, we are drinking the Four Gate River Kelvin Rye. It is the seventh release from Four Gate. But I did ask the people. I said, is there anything you want me to ask Zeke Baker? I'm recording with him tonight. So just rapid fire, Zeke. I have some questions for you. Our friend Blake wants to know why the trucker hat? Because I got a big ass head. And it's the only thing that fits. Luke Castle asked when is the stash returning to which i replied to him he can ask a better question everybody asks that question but luke i'm going to answer this one for you i am staring at a zeke baker goatee so the stash is gone but goat boy is here (laughs) aaron mankin wants to know is it really better than gts There'll be plenty of chances to find out later this year, I think. This might be my favorite question. Troy, our buddy from Wisconsin, asks, what condiment does Zeke recommend one leave on a pillow if no chocolates are available? Is a chocolate a condiment? I thought it was more like something you eat. I don't know. You you know these Wisconsin folks. Like I think of a condiment like ketchup and mustard. Yeah. I say I, I wouldn't recommend leaving it on a pillow, but my default condiment is always mustard. Yeah, like I would not leave mustard on a pillow for somebody, but maybe he means a mint instead of a chocolate if it was going to be in the candy realm like a chocolate would be i don't even think like chocolate and condiments are in the same family it's not even like saying it's apples and oranges it's like apples and bread i'm baffled but sticking to condiments my default is always mustard what about a candy like thing to put on somebody's pillow if you don't have a chocolate the pride of minnesota salted nut roll why do you have one that you're showing me right now they were left here i was told it was the pride of minnesota adam asked why are you into sneakers and do you spend more money on sneakers than bourbon i mean who doesn't love good looking kicks and no comment i always say as a fat guy the only thing i have are shoes and watches and hats the rest of the clothes i just gotta take whatever fits chad huffman asked favorite bourbon barrel pick you've ever been on I think my favorite one would probably be the time at Four Roses. Uh, what my vote for number one, no one else put down. And then later I found out that uh, others were fans of it. They were just sneaking it out on the slide, not telling anybody. And that was like, uh, you know, my, uh, I guess my, my confirmation that uh, my palate hadn't gone totally sideways that morning. So that was it. It was the Four Roses pick. No pick with me was one of your favorites. I don't know. I was just trying to think of a, you know, a, that's an awkward question i mean great experiences and plenty of great moments i think that one just kind of always stands out to me because when i'll put our rankings up on the board i'm like are you shitting me like i'm the only person that put this down as number one like half the people didn't have it in their top four or five i'm like get the f out of here no way possible this was fun to take a break get back into you and i giving each other hell but we are going to drink four gate river kelvin rye this is their seventh release it is blended from seven-year-old barrels of 95.5 indiana straight rye whiskey and bottled at 113.2 proof which is 56.6 percent abv there were 1484 bottles produced they're available in kentucky indiana and on sealbox.com The cool thing about this one, though, Zeke, is they're releasing this one now, and then over the next eight months, they are going to release two additional barrel finishes. So the first one is going to be the split stave barrels that they do, 
And then the second is going to be finished in Ruby port rum casks. And that'll be in 2021. The split stave will come out this holiday season. If you have not been following what Forgate does, they go and source a lot of awesome whiskey from a lot of places, put unique finishes on it, have their kind of spin on that whiskey, and then release it. We've liked a lot of the stuff they've done in the past. I think the Outer Loop Orbit had to have been our favorite. Could be wrong. Did we like that other one we tried in May more than the Outer Loop Orbit? I can't even remember. Everything's a blur. I would agree in terms of the various finished products that they've put out but as far as best release overall i think was to me the first batch of just straight kentucky bourbon whiskey they put out that was most likely nine to eleven year uh, russell's was that the one we did in may no i think we did the finished stuff then oh it was cognac and rum was the one we did in may cognac yeah and then uh i did like that russell's well do we know it was russell's is it confirmed more so than unconfirmed, I think. Maybe the best way to leave it, probably. So we should say alleged Russells. Supposedly. Yeah, lots of alleged. This was a seven-year Indiana rye. Do you know why everybody calls it Indiana rye? Probably because that's the only thing that's been consistent versus the name changing from LDI to LDGPMI, whatever, MGPI. I feel like everybody kind of moved. They used to say MGP Rye, and now everybody just says Indiana Rye. And it's like every brand does it. So I almost wonder if the messaging came from MGP to say, don't call this MGP Rye, call it Indiana Rye. That I don't know. Things that keep me up at night. What can I say? Charlie's Theron? I mean, it was a great movie. I'm just telling you, if you like comic books, you like action movies, that movie kicked ass. But what did you think about this rye whiskey, Zeke Baker? Assuming this Indiana rye is also 95.5 mash bill and not something unique or random, is that right? This is 95.5. Gotcha. Coming into it, nose-wise, I just put down that it was buttery and minty. Something about it just, I mean, at first seemed kind of like strangely, I mean, maybe it reminded me of a bag of popcorn when you first open it. But it's just kind of like this freshness and butteriness to it. It doesn't really remind me of a rye in any regard. But then behind that, the mint definitely comes through that I would say is more typical of a rye profile. Moving on to the palate, I thought it was minty, seemed somewhat light. It had a slight spice it was never too big or bold, but on the back end of the port, really kind of hung around and, and moved into a nice, good finish that I thought was just kind of very crisp as well. I think I have to agree with you with the buttery mint on the nose. I would also add a little bit of pepper in there, maybe a little bit of orange. The funny thing is the taste for me, there was pepper and spice, but there was this like iced tea that I got from it. Like it was like a minty iced tea with a little bit of spice that kind of kicks in on the back end. I guess what I always describe as an earthiness of unsweet tea almost. Oh yeah. It was not sweet tea, but it, it was like minty unsweet tea fades into that kind of spiciness on the back end like you were saying so i agree with you on your assessment wholeheartedly i just think that uh i got a little bit of that unsweet tea in there as well yeah i could definitely see that coincidentally this past friday i was a part of two different pick groups picked for from total of eight barrels of 95.5 rye so 
I, I didn't have the most zest in taking a whole bunch of notes. I would say, you know, outside of the tasting notes here, though, what kind of perplexes me to a degree is, you know, I feel like most everything Forgate's done, other than, you know, the mentioned Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey they put out, has been, you know, based on, you know, Kelvin special barrels, doing unique finished or some other unique method or whatever to take what would be the normal stock flavor, so to speak, and, you know, put a new spin on it and accent it in a different way. Since, you know, there are other sources and areas that are also putting out very similar 95.5 rye from Indiana, I wonder why they just roll with this essentially as it was from the barrel versus putting some type of unique spin on it. And I heard you say that they're planning to do that later in two separate releases. I'm just not sure what the rationale behind not just going straight into that was. They still give a nod to Kelvin with this, even though Kelvin was not involved in this. And they, they are referring to a river in the UK with River Kelvin. But at the same time, I think this is kind of cool because you have the progression, you have the unfinished whiskey, then you're going to have finished whiskey with the split stave, and then you'll have the finish in the port rum casks. I think that's kind of cool where you could taste the same whiskey three different ways, and it might be fun to even do a little kit with those. At the same time where I have concern here is that are there a small number with 1,484 bottles? Yes. Do I think that justifies $175 for seven-year rye that nothing has been done to? Or I think we could find Indiana seven-year rye barrels for a lot cheaper than that, 100%. I know that they're keeping their pricing consistent across the board and they're always kind of in that high hundred to two hundred dollar range but what i really think would have been better would have been to release this one at a lower price and then raise the price for the finished ones if they cost more to produce i mean like i say i tasted through at least eight barrels of seven year indiana rye this past friday it's going to come in at whoever what president's on the 50? Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, I mean, I tasted through eight barrels of seven-year Indiana rye this past Friday and, you know, doing a couple of picks. And those bottles are going to come in at, you know, a smooth uh, Ulysses S. Grant less than this other price for seemingly, obviously not apples to apples being single barrels, but on paper, I think most people would have to see it that way. Yeah, I just don't see an I know I don't want to be nitpicky about price and I know people get upset when we start talking about price, but like my whole thing is if this keeps trending up and you have seven year rye going for 175 bucks, when does it stop? The whole trend is for everything to go up. I think it almost makes me want to go get, I mean, you think about like old Forester rye and you think about like wild turkey 101 rye or saz rye and you get some really good stuff that's out there for 30 bucks it makes me wonder okay if i'm gonna get that minty piney taste out of that like does it really matter if i pay 175 bucks opposed to 30 bucks it's tough it's the question you have to ask yourself everybody's gonna have different taste and everybody's gonna have i mean things are relatively worth different for everyone i think this is a great whiskey i think it tastes very good i enjoy it if you have 175 bucks disposable income by all means go get it me personally i can't justify spending 175 bucks on this whiskey no i mean 
I even went and got a pour from the uh, pour one for George Charity Barrel. We did it with Nashville Barrel Co. Just to compare them side by side. And I mean, there's minor nuances if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty and be real nitpicky as or nerd out as we can do. But as far as just sitting back and enjoying a, a, a pour without putting a whole lot of thought into it, there's just no reason to overpay, in my opinion. I'm with you on that. I mean, I do think Fourgate puts out some good stuff, and there has been some Fourgate releases that we are like absolutely a 200 bucks, a 175 bucks. This is worth it. I just think this was almost a little bit of a misstep because you see some of the other rise that are on the market in that same year of release from the same place they're sourcing from, and the pricing just doesn't compute to me. Yeah, I mean, the other stuff, I think it was more... Uh validated through you know creativity and, and nuances that you couldn't get elsewhere and, and truly you know some innovation that's to me where this one really falls off and, and makes the price point just kind of stand out and you know scratch your head and your ass kind of thing like why yeah that being said i could then come back and really enjoy the finishes from this same run you know with the the same whiskey and the same blend i might really like that port rum or i might really like that split stave you never know. And I might say, okay, yeah, pass on the the first one, but you really need to get one of these finishes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm equally as intrigued on those, but this one just like when uh, you're throwing a dart or something and uh, just don't quite get to the target and you know comes up a little short. That's about where I put this one. Yeah, I'd love to taste all three side by side, and I can't wait to do that. But anyways, thank you to the folks at Fourgate for sending us this sample. As always, sending us a sample has no effect on what we actually think about it. Zeke, today's show is also sponsored by premiumbarproducts.com, the only place you can go to get the Dad's Drinking Bourbon official Glencairn glass with the Dad's Drinking Bourbon logo on it. Get one by going to premiumbarproducts.com, search the menu, look for DDB glass. While you're there, you can also laser etch and personalize your own glassware to whatever you want. You want to put, bring back the stash on there, go ahead and do that. You want to put Zeke is the goat boy, you can do that as well. Zeke is the goat dot 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 boy. But go to premiumbarproducts.com. They have all sorts of awesome glasses. I have this perfect dram and it's a three ounce glass Zeke. I sent you a picture of it. Next time I put a little care package on your doorstep, this glass, I'm not lying, is like my new favorite tasting glass. Has it helped your palate any though? Yeah, it might fix yours. <laughs> Anyways, find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcasts. Chances are you already have. If you are listening to us right now, Please leave us an open and honest review like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Music City, USA. Just nodding the bars. Cheers. Ciao.